Welcome back, Bolt fam, to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour Podcast. Colin Appel, Miles Raruka here. We are your co-host, and we are recording uh, after a very, very, very frustrating Chargers loss to the Raiders. Uh, 27-20 was the final score, and gosh, lots to unpack, lots to dive into, you know, I love that we're recording, what is this, maybe an hour, 45 minutes after the game ended. So the juices are flowing, the emotions are, are raw and fresh, and um, yeah, this is going to be good to, to to dive into. How you doing, my man? Yeah, that sucked. Uh, not a great, not a great Sunday. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I kind of, uh, I really just want us to start to get this ball rolling on our takeaways from the game because right now all that I can really say is that wasn't fun. So, well, before we get into takeaways, what, what is, what was the most frustrating part of today's game for you? Let's start there because uh, obviously, I mean, a frustrating result. Um, we knew it was going to be a battle. You know, we knew just considering, the personnel that we were rolling out there this week, we knew it was going to be another, I mean, you said it before uh, the game, you know, that was if we can just survive this week and get a few more guys back and make this end of the season push, like that's all we have to do. And unfortunately the chargers weren't able to make it out of the desert with a win. Um, But lots of frustrating moments. What was, what was your, your most frustrating moment? There's so many, dude. Oh my god. Uh, I'm I'm just looking through the game, like the game's cast right now. Just looking at what moments really stuck out to me is just really pissing me off. One, there's a there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, just to rattle off a few though, I texted you about this. I saw a lot of people on Twitter. Just little things like when we didn't get that fourth down in the first half. Why is Justin Herbert sliding on second and five? He has the first down easily if he just he's six five six six. I know he's been banged up this year, but dude, I'm I, I feel like we see this almost every week now, and this one really ended up coming back to hurt us. It's such a little thing, but like it could have changed the whole complexion of the game. All right, let's hear it. That that's a great great point because I I will say I do think this these are like that's one of those small instances that ne- is never going to get talked about on the sports talk shows or on the highlight reel. But I think that's one of the small instances like where those ribs really do play a significant impact. Like, you know, whether it's a, a mental thing for, for Herbert right now, um, just trying to protect his, his mid range and, and, you know, survive and, and play another, like another down. Um, I, I think, I think that goes into it a lot. You know, I think if he's healthy um, and he's feeling good. I do think whoever the Chargers bring in um, next after this Staley experiment eventually uh, ends, like I hope someone works with him on running downfield and out of the pocket because I'm not asking them to like coach Herbert to be in a, a fucking running back, but just for him to be a little bit more comfortable in the open, open field, um, he just – it looks like 
I don't know. Like when he's in the open field, even when there's no one around him, he just looks like he's kind of awkward and and dude, he looks like Phil. Like, he looks just like Phil. Scared. He looks like Phil. Yeah, he's he's Phil, but more more like faster and a little bit faster. Athletic. But he doesn't even look. I mean, he's obviously more athletic, but he does. He doesn't even look fast this year. Like when he does roll out, he just looks like he just looks scared. He he looks like when you, when you're stepping out into like the highway and you're looking like you're looking both ways and you're just like you're jumpy and you're like not sure when to like cross like it looks like Phil, it's just man. like dude have the confidence to like look both ways take off get out of bounds lower your shoulder like i mean i would i would like to think if you can get into the secondary and it's it's one-on-one with you and some five eight five nine cornerback like lower your shoulder like you know Watch Josh Allen in the open. That's field. exactly what I mean, like you watch not, Josh Allen he's not in the open field. Huge hits. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting some bumps and and some dings, but like he's he's still not getting lit up. Dude, they're, the, like, they're the exact same size, and exactly. Yeah. So why does Josh Allen look so? Josh Allen looks so explosive when he scrambles, and then we have just or we have Philip like Rivers out here. He, he looks like he's a confident runner. That, I think that's the difference to me. I think he's done. He he maybe did more of that in college. Well, that and was kind of one know. of the things, especially like one of the sides of Justin that I was like, especially moving on from Phil, I was like, dude, like we're going to have like a little bit of mobility back there. And obviously, I mean, you still, you still see him like roll out the roll out of the pocket and look like competitive unlike Philip would have done on a bootleg, yeah. but his awareness kind of, you should talk it about because I know that you talked about him walking into sacks earlier. You should touch on that a little bit. Yes, like I don't know. I, again, I'm not in the pocket, and like even like we have the broadcast view, right? Uh, basically, like from the 50 yard line, hand in, and it just every time he's, it just looks like he walks into so many sacks and situations where it's like you, you took the wrong the right step but in the wrong direction um and it it just totally kills plays and i don't know i i mean i asked you about it because i'm like i can't be the only one that's that's kind of seen this theme or this pattern um but yeah i I, that's just something that i've noticed because i i feel like i mean it probably wouldn't have mattered even if you would have i mean at least in today's game with how much pressure he was facing constantly it probably wouldn't matter even if he did take uh, the step in the opposite direction to to get away from uh, whatever pressure he's facing because there would have been another guy breathing right down his neck. That's just kind of how today went. Yeah. Yeah, no, this was by far the, we- the worst uh, day for our offensive line that we've seen this season. I think we said that after the Chiefs game, and this one was remarkably worse. I mean, we made Jerry Tillery look like an all-pro in the first half. So I knew number we ninety when number ninety nine number ninety now, but yeah, fuck. I but mean, we didn't really talk. I mean, we did talk about the the injuries and the, the pregame yeah. episode. No, I I know I know how banged up we, we are, were, but we were so. trying to be a little bit more optimistic because looking back now, I was like, dude, I kind of knew like on Wednesday or Thursday when when it wasn't looking good for Pipkins and, and Lindsley. I'm like, dude, we are fucked if these guys aren't going to be out there. Um, and then I look up in like the first quarter and I wasn't by my phone. My phone was charging. So I wasn't getting poppers updates as he's tweeting. Um, and I look up and Herbert goes down for a sack. 
uh, right before they cut to commercial, they show the replay, and I'm like, wait a minute, pause. Our right guard is not white. Zion Johnson is not white. Who the fuck is that? And then I, I look closer, and it's Brendan Hymas. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Why the, the fuck, fuck did, did you? So- Why did you spawn in all of a sudden? Where the fuck did you? Right. Come so from? then I go over to my phone, and sure enough, Twitter. I go to Popper's profile, and it's like, Hymas in at right guard for Zion, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. Official uh, stats for the Raiders today for that line: five sacks, five tackles for loss. Four pass deflections for our 6'6 quarterback and 14 QB hits. 14 QB hits. Yeah. 14. 14 Herbert, of them. Justin's going to be sore tomorrow. 14 QB hits. That is – I understand the injuries, guys. Trust us. We we understand the injuries. And I, I honestly will go – I mean, I think that this really – you know, dude, I don't – fuck, man. I don't know how I want to say this, but I think that this game is really one of those that injury played more of a significance in than some of our other games this year. This one, especially on that offensive line, I mean, you saw it firsthand. We we were just bat, we were just battered and bruised out and there. The, and, and the defensive line, I mean, god damn. Like, this is the game where you're missing not only Joey – I mean, everyone is missing Joey Bosa. That's That's just – an easy one, but even even guys like Austin Johnson and we lost Sebastian Joseph Day towards the end of the game. So like yeah. we're gonna be fucked next week uh, when it comes to our interior pass rush. And it's just it's comical, man. Like I nothing can go right for this fucking team. Like the fact that we're the mere fact that we're six and six right now is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Like and- fuck fuck what the the outside like Twitter trolls and and Manuel Acho fucking followers like fuck those guys. I don't I don't care what anyone says. To be six to be six and six and the most injured team in football by a fucking country mile says a lot. And, right. and the fact that I mean it's six and six, but I mean they're still in the hunt in what's been a very competitive AFC. Like this is the deepest the AFC has kind of been in a while, dude. And fuck the Herbert haters, dude. Like. I don't think a record right now without if we don't have Justin Herbert is we maybe have a win maybe like we're probably like we're probably three and what seven three and nine or three and nine whatever Close, but yeah no I like it's just time and time again he's just he's he's making the most of what he has but just what he has right now is nothing it's sad yeah. And it's just like I I texted my brother earlier and I was like, dude, they just they can't seem to get it put it all together for a week. Like injury wise, uh calling the game wise, like just first and second half stacking on top of each other, like they not like there's nothing consistent about them. Like, you know, they're injury wise, they lose their they lose all their like basically all their skill players. And their line is is holding up, but Herbert has that extra second, but he's got to fucking throw checkdowns because no one can get open. And then he starts to get some skill guys back, some skill players back, and his line goes to shit. His line is completely decimated. So now he has no time to get it to those guys. Yep. Um. So it's just it's like it's like playing whack whack a mole, dude. Like you can and. 
all that you need to see to prove that is the fourth and 12 play to Keenan Allen for the touchdown. Like any person that doesn't even know football could watch that play and just be like, wow, like that was, that's just an insane throw. He roll out of the pocket, escape pressure and just put it on a dot like that. And dude, I don't know. I'm kind of over just the standard dropbacks. Like I think we need to run like just way more bootlegs for him, especially if our line is going to be this bad going forward. Like you see what he can do on the the fact you can see what he can do on the run. Like let him do his thing then. Yeah. The fact that we like, those are what I think the, like the average couch NFL fan, like you and me are like, when none of us played football at like a, a super high level. Like I, I, I never played. I've just been watching it uh, since I was seven. But, and I yeah. know you played in high school, but like, I mean, none of us had like the ability to play on like a super high level. Yeah. So I don't know all the X's and O's. You know more X's and O's um, than I do just because of the mere oh, fact that you played. But um, you would think that an offense coordinator could – could make those adjustments. I mean, Bro, if, let me call plays. Fuck, damn I mean, it. <laughs> right. And look, and like we, we've played Madden for shit our entire lives at this point too. So, um, that, that's where it's like, man, I don't know who tweeted it earlier this year, but it was a former player. Um, someone of like a decent, um, what was the tweet? Like Cause I know, I think I know what you're talking about. He was like, man, it's like it's crazy how many like of these NFL coaches are really just bad coaches. Like, and it was clearly at us. No, it was just like, in, it was just like, oh, generic, just in- uh, like I can't, I can't remember who fucking tweeted it. Was it Eric um, Weddle? I know but, he said some stuff in the past. Or if it wasn't him, I was thinking like it was like I don't know why Ocho Cinco comes to mind, but. But anyway, um, okay, yeah, just keep going on. Anyways, I was like, dude, that that's kind of funny because I'm like, it makes you wonder, like, how many of these coaches that are just just not like, and, and like, you never know, like, they never know until they get that opportunity, and and you know, like, same with the organizations. But man, it's like, I mean, I, I think of coaches like fucking um, what's his bucket and in, in Denver, Nathaniel um, Hackett, yeah, like. He's not a good um, coach. <laughs> or even like uh, our, our homeboy, shout out to the, the Huskers, Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I don't know. And college college and NFL are, are completely different. But, um, yeah, it's just it's just funny to think about, like, man, how many of these coaches are actually deserving to be – and how many are, you know, are but don't get opportunities. But that's another – Yeah. No, completely I, different discussion. Yeah, I mean, we could we could go down a whole rabbit hole with coaching and stuff. I think we're both on the same page in regards to Brandon Staley going forward. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Actually, we talked about it a lot last week. So, but yeah, yeah, dude. Um, injuries obviously played a massive role today. Uh, one other one other moment that just really pissed me off was how was that not a PI on Keenan on third and thirteen or third and twelve? I think uh, I heard on the broadcast they said uh, uncatchable. Uncatchable. It, how, who is to Which judge? It, was, what, it would have been a little high. Like he probably could have. He probably would have got a hand on got it a, though. Got some fingers on it. But I could, uh, yeah, like I, mean, I wanted, I wanted it to be called, but I thought it was. I mean, dude, he got he got straight up tripped though before the ball got there. Like he, yeah, that was. I don't know, whatever. We can get into that, but 
Now I'm not I'm not I'm never gonna blame the game on a refs, but that was a crucial call that would have been huge yeah. for this team going forward. But that's not the reason why we lost today. We can say that for sure. Well, I can I think one reason we did lose today is because the streak continues, man. We have still not scored uh, a touchdown or any touchdowns in the third quarter since week five. Week five, I believe. Jeez. Um, yeah. And especially, I mean, you you talk about, I mean, you just, well, let's go back and review. How did the third quarter uh, start off? And it starts off with a first down turned into a fumble by Austin Eckler. Um, and then the next play, the very following, like, immediate play after that uh, deep ball touchdown to Devontae to just completely, completely change, I mean, the momentum of the game. Um, and, and, and from there it just kind of got, got worse. And, you know, there, there was one exceptional play, um, by, by Herbert to, to Keenan in the end zone. But other than that, I mean, they didn't do shit again in the second half of a game, which has just been a really frustrating theme and pattern that we've seen this year. Yeah, no, I know. I don't. I don't know what to even blame it on. You know, I don't think – I didn't think play calling was necessarily too bad today, but I just think it really all just came down to the O-line. Like, and obviously the unfortunate Eckler yeah. fumble. But I don't know. that It just it just felt like whenever we just needed a few more yards to keep going, like some shit would happen and Herbert wouldn't have enough time. And it just felt like the whole – Offense really crumbled behind that O line today. Yeah, um, I think it, that's where it, that's God. all that's where all of our issues really start right now. So, on offense, yeah, the O line, it, it, it's just, I mean, it, it can get better pretty fast here if they get Lindsley and, and Pipkins back. Let's say this this next week against the Dolphins. Um, if that happens, like, I'll feel a lot better. Obviously, going into this this next game but um man the injuries on the defensive line i like the fact that they were they were not able to get any pressure on on Derek Carr um it's not good no yeah that's that was another thing our our d line their o line like i don't i didn't hear Mack get his name called once today and then something popped up on twitter before we hopped on did we blitz derwin at all? Think about the think about the amount of chaos that dude has caused on blitzes this year. I don't even remember us blitzing I feel him. Like once. I saw him coming in like at the top of. The he might have came like, off the edge once, but I don't yeah, think it was necessarily. I don't know. It just, just man. And then on the back half, Asante Samuel just cannot guard Devonte Adams, <laughs> like plain and simple. Yeah. And I don't. There's not many corners in the league that can guard Devonte Adams, but. Just a really horrendous effort doing that today. Yeah, and th- this run defense continues to just. It was be good. Historically the f- bad. The first half, it really the first like, like quarter. The first quarter and a half, it was holding up, but you just. I mean, even then, dude, you still get this feeling of like every run is just like they're just chipping away. Like yeah. even if it's the first couple series are are pretty good, um, they just. Like the Raiders know they're just gonna wear us down. Um 
And look, this game, you hear it all the time. It's a it's a battle of the trenches. Like if you win the trenches, you'll probably win the game. That goes for the offense line, defense line, just all together. Um, and it's so like games like today just really, you know, make that that saying hit home a little bit more because it's so true. Like, you know, both of them were stacked against us. Herbert has yeah. zero time to throw. Um, you know, like that defense is going to have a lot better chance to get off the field if Herbert's throwing up fucking prayers off one foot um, just to avoid Max Crosby. And then on the other end, um, we're not able to get any pressure, which means Carr has all day for Devontae Adams to do what he does you know, down the field and, and get open. And it's just an easy pitch and catch kind of game. And that's what you saw. Like they make it look so easy because it's, it's so hard to cover him for, you know, any, any amount of time, but especially for, you know, three, four or five seconds when cars just sitting up, you know, back there waiting for, just waiting to pick this defense part. So yeah, we made uh, we made Derek Carr look pretty elite today, which is sad. Um, I think I mean, a re- he, didn't, he, didn't, he he didn't have a he didn't have a, a a great game outside of those two bombs. Like, but the the box defense, score is going to say otherwise because he has Devonte Adams. So, well, he went sixteen for thirty, uh, had two hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns with a pick. Oh uh, yeah, um, I guess that's. I forgot about like, the pick. And and you, and you take away, like I said, you take away those two bombs. Not only that's, you know, even if you take away one, um, you take away like 30 plus yards off of that stat sheet. So you take away both, that's sub 200. Um, and the fact that he was 16 for 30 and had all the time that he had, like, yeah. Meanwhile, you have Justin Herbert, who was 28 for 47, uh, but 335 in the touchdown no interception. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, fuck, (laughs) I guess just a bad day all around. Like this was, this was one of those games where I felt like when it was 27 to 13, I really thought they were going to get that next score to just put it into like blowout warning. Like, Oh fuck. Are we going to get blown? I was like, are we going to get fucking blown out here? Like, is this going to turn into a Jacksonville slash Seahawks fucking game? Um, Cause that'll, that shit would be embarrassing. Like, yeah, that would be, that would be quite upsetting, which I, that's I was why about I'm... to be like, Oh fuck dude. I can't, I can't turn on the TV tomorrow because they're going to be coming, coming for Herbert's fucking head. But um, like, you know, ended up being a fucking closer game. Than I thought it was going to be because the way it was it was going for a minute, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yep, that was, yeah, I know, man. There was just, fuck, man. There was a lot of times that just really upset me today, and it was kind of one of those losses that I I felt the same way against Cardinals last week. Is I was pretty accepting. I was going to accept the fact that we lost against Cardinals last week, and then I had yeah. To, today I was especially down two scores when the Raiders. Got that uh, flea flicker to Devontae for the touchdown to give him 27. That was really just a moment where I was like, you know what? It's time to just start thinking about ways we can still get in and move on from this game because we're going to be 6-6 six and six going into Miami yeah. and or going to my, ugh, going into the game against Miami and going into the game against Tennessee. So 
not good. So great question. And we'll change the pace here. What do the chargers have to do from this point going forward to get in? I think we all agree that 10 and seven is going to be good enough. I think most people around the league uh, would agree with not just charger fans, but um, you know, other fans and um, you know, just, I feel like that that's kind of like the common, common theme. So uh, from here on out, five games left, they got to go four and one. So let's just peep at the remaining schedule here for a second. Um, We have Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos. Um, Good news is the the back half of these next five games really favor the Chargers. And uh, we should be getting Joey Bosa back. Hopefully, fuck, hopefully for the Titans game. Like, if he's not back for the Titans game, um, it's probably going to be too late. Too little, too late. Um, If he's not back by December 18th, just shut him down for the fucking season. Don't bring him back for two or three games. Not if we go to, not if we beat Tennessee and Miami, obviously, but. Right. Well, that I, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, this is why ugh, today's loss stings so much, man. One, because it's the fucking Raiders. Fuck the Raiders. And two, because they even flashed it on the uh, on the broadcast. If the Chargers had won, their playoff chances would have gone to about 53%, somewhere in that ballpark. If they lost, which they did, it now sits at a 25-ish. I thought it was – I can't yeah. remember the exact I think it was 22 22 um so just a drastic difference in odds to to make the tournament so that is really salt in the wound for today's loss but um they essentially have one loss left to give so of the dolphins titans colts rams and broncos um who are you going to hand that one loss to is it coming this next week because then they'll have to win out which is would just be crazy. Uh, it's coming in the next two weeks. I can tell you that much. Whether it's going to be to the hands of the Rams or the Titans, I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't know. I I really got to get into it before I really think about the Dolphins game next I, week. Obviously, that's kind of what I'm thinking about now. But I think they can look. I think if they get Corey Lindsley back and Trey Pipkins back, um, and I don't know what Zion was going through throughout the game, but like assuming assuming they get a decent amount of their line back and hope to God we can get fucking Mike Williams back. Um, if all that happens, I think we can fucking go toe-to-toe with these fuckers and beat them. Um, not saying we do by any means, but I'm, I'm saying like obviously yeah, that's- it's the NFL. We can do it, you know, like any given Sunday, but also um, I, I, I would feel a lot better with having – a good portion of this offense back, but I would still feel like, fuck, how is Tyreek Hill going to run circles around us? And I know Jalen Waddle got hurt today, but I don't know the severity of it. So yeah, it's way too early for me to speak on that. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get at was, you know, if we do get people back this week, like we should, then that's really, massive for us come next week and that would really change my thoughts about the game but 
there's just too much up in the air about who's going to be back yet for me to really make a prediction. But I will say, I think if we don't, season's over if we don't win next week, I think. I know that we can say that that's going to be our one loss, but right now I just don't trust this team to be able to win four four no. in a row to end the season. So Yeah, no, and that's a good, I mean, like they've, I think that they've won three in a row at one point, but they were all against really subpar. I mean, like the Texans, the Browns, and the Broncos, they had a three-game stretch. Um, and look, they they could very well lose to Miami this week. Um, but then let's say they come back and, you know, they have to win out and they pull off a crazy win against the Titans. Then you go into Christmas, or the day after Christmas, um, knowing, hey, look, there's three games left. Um, let's take one game at a time. We can beat the Colts. We're definitely capable of doing that. Okay, boom. All right, now you get to the new year. All right, it's the Rams. They probably still don't have – I mean, Stafford's probably shut down for the season, and they're they're just banked up. I think we are the, the most banged up team in the league, and they're like second. Mm-hmm. They're right there, so – um boom you can take care of business against them at home and then it sets up like that is where the like if there is a silver lining on all of this and it's it's not the the best silver lining but it's the fact that like hey look at least their last two games on the schedule at least they don't have to win out and their last two games on the schedule is Kansas City and New York yeah it's the Rams who are fucking like i said just as injured as we are um, and the Broncos. So, like, if you can, you don't even like. I mean, yes, if you beat the Dolphins, like, it definitely helps because then, um, you know, you still have that loss to give to give. Um, and then either way, like, if you can split these next two games and get to to Christmas, it's not too crazy to like. You still have your fate in your own hands you just you just can't lose like you can still get there all you gotta do is fucking win out like it's it's a long shot from here because you gotta you somehow gotta split these next two weeks um and it'd be a lot a lot easier on the on the mind and just like on my mental health to to win this this next week and not have it come down to tennessee um but yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's just the one way to, to kind of look at it from a silver lining perspective. Yeah, no, that's definitely could afford one more loss, like you mentioned. If that comes this week, then went out, we're in probably most likely. We just gotta yeah. make sure that let's see, Jets lost today, Patriots lost Thursday. Um, the, the Chiefs losing today really fucking sucked. Yeah, I was about to say the one fucking time ever that I will ever root for the Chiefs and they fucking pull that bullshit. So yeah. fuck them for that. Of fucking course. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, yeah, you got to look at your options going down. Jets, pretty good defense. You know, is Mike White really the future? Dude, I don't know. And they probably should have won that game. I was watching that game right yeah, before. Yeah, I, wa- it was I was a watching really entertaining well. game to watch. Um, they probably should have won that game, but I feel like they, they just kind of, I mean, Mike White is good. He's a good quarterback, but that's all he is. I, I think his magic might even run out. His magic could run out any week, any week. He's like Tinkerbell. Yeah. Like, that's, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Am I, 
Are you really going to trust Mike White for the rest of the season when you have a playoff berth on the line? I don't know. Love the but, root for dude, Mike they, White. They, but... That is, like, I think New York is a great way to look at, like, why Brandon Staley and his staff have just – it hasn't worked, and they're heading into year three. I mean, they're finishing up year two, but look at look at what Robert Sala has done in New York in the same amount of time that Staley has been here. Because they were in the same mm-hmm. uh, coaching class mm-hmm. uh, cycle. So they did the New York, the Jets, if they can find a quarterback, holy Dude. shit. And the thing about they the- are going to be, imagine, imagine if Herbert was on the Jets right now. They would probably be, I mean, they would be Super Bowl contenders for sure. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's crazy to think that. Uh, and then speaking of New York teams with new coaches to see what they've done, look at Brian Dayball right now. I mean, yep. it's just it's just more of a but fuck you in the face of the Brandon Staley experiment right now than anything. What I, what, what so, I love about what Salah's done with, with the Jets is like they they have an identity now. Like they're a tough, physical, um, scrappy team. Like they're not afraid of anyone. Um, they're – you know, they defense is one of the best in the league. Um, they're just, I don't know, well-disciplined. Like, watching them today go toe-to-toe with, with the Vikings, I'm like, wow, they, well, at least now I know the, the Jets are legit. Like, for a couple of weeks there, I'm like, yeah. I mean, they still have a quarterback thing that they have to figure out um, that could hurt them going forward or down the road at some point. But they're they're a tough team, man, and – I just look at like the situation that they're in and the situation. And the one thing that like I, I will admit what does suck for, for this staff, especially Brandon Staley is like this season is basically just going to be like a lost season of unknowns. Like, however, I mean, however we finish, you know, even if we squeak into the playoffs and it's a first round exit, like it, it's just going to be like, well, what if, like, what if we were healthy for a majority part? Like, what if we still had Rashawn, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa, um, you know, uh, our entire interior defensive line room? Because <laughs> I feel yeah. like they're down to like two to three fucking dudes now. Um, I know it, it's it is tough. Like, how, how different? Really. How different would this have played out? And you know, who's to say we wouldn't like? Because here's the thing, like. It's crazy like how much one season can change the narrative of an entire staff and like organization. Like if we're let's say things had have gone mostly right this year and we're uh sitting at eight and four, like how, how differently do we feel about the staff coming forward for years to come? You know? I know, and that's that's kind of what's hard about really coming after Brandon Staley's neck right now. But you know, you just you just got to think, man. You you like we've said so many times before, he's not gonna be the guy. The staff is not gonna be the person to develop our best player on our team, which is Justin Herbert going forward. I mean, we've seen him take. I mean, stats wise, a massive regress this year, but like you still see the the baller that he can be given the circumstances, given the injuries, given the poor play calling. Yeah, but like we just mentioned, poor play calling, poor coaching. They just haven't developed him like we've wanted to see. And I don't know, man. It's, I just, I just think it's time to really move on from the staff right now. 
Yeah, and we did mention, I think after it was our last episode after the, the Cardinals, like I I'm pretty much there. I, I think the only thing that Brandon Staley could do, um, that could at least like the only thing left that he has in his in his uh playbook that could win me over again would be fire Joe Lombardi as soon as the season's over or do it if you really want to get on my good side, do it before the season's over and at least show the fan base that you're fucking serious about making an adjustment to, you know, like let Shane day call some fucking plays. I don't give a fuck like quarterbacks coach. Like he needs an opportunity at some point. Like, let's see what he's got. You know, if Anthony Lynn was able to do it uh, in the middle of the season to, to Ken Wisenhunt, I'd like to see Staley have some fucking balls and fire his buddy. That would, that would go a long ways with me. So that doing that and finding a capable, uh, innovative offensive coordinator, I mean that that would be the last thing I think that he could do to to win me over at least for another season and be like, all right, Staley, get healthy, get your defense fucking figured out, and let's get the most out of fucking Herbert. Is that, I mean, dude, yeah. he, like he has to, he fucking has to, like he has nothing to lose. He's going to lose his job anyways at this, at this fucking rate if he doesn't. Yeah, no, that, that could probably be the biggest thing that you say about Staley this year is just kind of, you could say about the whole office is just kind of the lack of awareness of what's going wrong. It's like, they just haven't adjusted what's needed to be adjusted all year. And we've seen these problems come up time and time again, regardless of the injuries, you know, you can go different ways with that path. You could go, you know, well, they didn't they didn't sign anybody at the trade deadline, you know. Well, they didn't sign any free agents or they didn't trade for anybody at the deadline. You could say, obviously, the fact that Joe Lombardi is still in this office, it's the lack of awareness is just really alarming for what they think is wrong with this football team, regardless of what really is. No, yeah, it's – I I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Staley – lost his mojo and swagger this year. Uh, I don't I don't know if he lost it in the off season because it just doesn't even even early on in in the year he just didn't seem to be that same like ballsy state. I mean, he he's been I mean, don't don't get me wrong, the two-point call last week super ballsy, it paid off and um it's not always going to pay off. That's that's part of like accepting the fact of like he's going to go for it a lot, but um I don't know, man. I just feel like he lost his aggressive identity and let kind of like sports media get to him, like get inside his head a little bit. Um, and I don't know, like, how do you feel about that? That's that's something that I feel like I've noticed. And he, he's been a little bit more aggressive in recent weeks, but. Yeah, how about the fake punt today? That? that was pretty cool. But, um,. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. He definitely something's off with Staley this year. I mean, we've just seen the lack of aggression, you know, and the more conservative approach that he's taken so far this year. And I mean, at times it's I feel like, you know, I'm like, you know, that's probably the right thing to do. But there's always a little part of me that's like, what if we just go for it? You know, like, what if we especially like, dude, against the Chiefs, that was the biggest one for me was the fourth and inches that we didn't go through that we didn't go for. Like last year, I feel like that's like something yeah. that I already had programmed in my mind. That's like, all right, well, we got, you know, if we're sitting at like a third and one, I'm always thinking, you know, we got two downs to do this. Just 
after watching Staley last year. And then this year it's like, well, now we're going to take the safe option and just put our lackluster defense back out on the field. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's He definitely yeah. does not have the swagger anymore. I'll agree with you with that. I will say this. I don't know how much it would have – I mean, it would have changed the, the situation probably a little bit down the stretch. But we – we didn't take three points when we when we could have. On, yeah, uh, was it the first drive? Hundred so percent. That, like, that was one of those dude, calls that, that I was like, "That is, I would have, I would have loved to take those points, especially coming off a turnover." Yeah, I would have. That's three points uh, off a turnover, and yeah, I, and I, like I just mentioned, I'm one that loves going for it on fourth down, just because I I like that yeah. aggressive approach of football. But that one definitely, I was like, "Dude, look, what are we doing?" I'm I'm all for being aggressive in midfield, even like just shy of midfield, maybe a little bit on your side of the field. Um, because those are the situations where it's like, if you're playing a good offense, like Mahomes, like it doesn't matter if the fucking guy gets it on his 10 yard line or R 40, it's probably going to come down and score. Like that's just the mentality you got to have. So I, I, those are my favorite like opportunities to go for it. I, I hate going for it. I absolutely, I cannot stand going for it when there's points on the board. Like, and those call points were given fashioned. to us by our defense. Yes, dude. Call me old-fashioned. Call me like a boomer. I don't care because that's what everyone's dad says. Like, oh, you got to take the points. Got to take the – but it's fucking true, dude. Like, you don't – you never know. Like, it only affects the, the – the in that moment right there, it's only a 3 nothing ball game. So, I can see how you maybe would talk yourself into going for it. But you never know how those three points affect the outcome of the game two and a half quarters down the road. In the yeah, middle of the fourth quarter, well, what, and then, what those three points could do, like the different, like you know, like that to me is like, oh, and I, I try to immediately bury it in my mind so that I'm not thinking about it, and playing like the butterfly effect of ten different scenarios that could have happened, or that are happening in a in a different universe or dimension, whatever. But oh man, yeah, that not taking that three points really. Me, it just grabbed me the wrong way. I know, man. I that that one that was a call that was a really a head scratcher, and it's like, you know, last year with a majority of Staley's calls on the fourth down, you think to yourself, you know what, like this, like I can get my head around this one. Like even if you don't love it at first, I mean, maybe you don't love it after the attempt. Maybe you love it with the attempt whatsoever. But you know, I can always just think to myself, like, okay, well, I guess this would give them a longer field if we don't get this. Or there was always a reason, whether it was like we were just carrying so much momentum, it ju- we just didn't want the momentum to stop. Or if it's like, well, this is a really good opportunity. You know, they have assets on offense that we're stopping. We can give them a long field, things of that, things like that. But, and early on, our defense played pretty well today, I thought, especially in the first half outside of that Josh Jacobs touchdown run. But yeah, it just giving them a long field there and not taking the points just really didn't make sense. Especially like I mentioned, when they're free, they came from our defense. That's three free points. Our defense got us only to be squandered. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't get that one. And a lot of times I can get myself. Expe- like especially when you knew what you were facing on the, like with the offensive line being shit. Like I just don't see how you can take three points off the board when you knew it was going to be, a grinder of a game and that you were going to have to fight scratch and claw for literally every other point that you got. And and that ended up being the case. I mean, outside of a fucking sports center, top 10 play by Herbert and and Allen, 
um, they basically didn't score again, like after the first half. So, uh, and, and the defense scored a touchdown for him. About um, time we saw a defensive touchdown this year. God damn, I was waiting. I would have been waiting for that all year. Uh, it was so it was so good to like to see. But yeah, like I mean, that's that's really how bad um, this offense was today. They scored one touchdown, um, a couple field goals, and a defensive touchdown. So against the worst defense in the league, mind you. <laughs> Dude, I this is what makes me so mad about the Raiders is, dude, we see dudes playing meaningful snaps like Jerry Tillery and Roderick Teamer out there. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That's what hurts even more about losing to the Raiders. It's like these dudes weren't even good enough to make our practice squad, let alone uh, fucking whatever, dude. Yeah. Dude, I know. It's like the Raiders are pretty banged up too. And that's, I mean, that's there's just no excuse, man. Like Lombardi has regressed Herbert sad to say but it's true um which he should just he should he should be fired like that's fucking malpractice the fact that you are able to fuck up that kind of talent like that wow go take a seat you fucking suck um it's just it's frustrating man like to see this offense just go out there and fucking sputter and and yes they have no fucking time to throw and i even thought that they I mean, Josh Palmer uh, has really come on over the last couple of weeks. Um, over, you know, he had some some growing pains early on this year that were notable, and we talked about him. But he's really come on. Uh, I thought Keenan Allen did not play his best game. Um, no, obviously. dude, we need we should probably start talking about that. His separation, yeah, and he I, just like, doesn't get separation like he used to. And like, I know he's still kind of probably working through that hammy a little bit, like he's out there playing. But uh, I wonder how much it's affecting him still um you know he might not be 100 percent. he could be like 80 90 percent so i always wonder about that um but you know and and again he's he's just trying to get back up to speed so hopefully we see him kind of come back to his normal self over the next few weeks down the stretch but yeah he did not have his best game um gerald everett i thought made a couple nice plays but all in all like separation is an issue for for these receivers um, they lack speed, and you know, Keenan Allen's made a, a living out of beating guys off the line, and and you know, just having nice footwork to get open. And uh, he seems, you know, kind of a step late now too. So it's pretty much the Austin Eckler show, man. Like find him in space, um, but it's it, it just makes this offense so predictable. You know, every time they flash the the graphic on the screen of like. Uh, how we are the number one offense that always passes to our, our running backs. Like we pass to our running backs more than any other offense in the entire league. And I'm like, dude, defensive scouting reports have to, or like they just have to see that and just start like, like salivating. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is so fucking predictable. And we just got to fucking focus on this one thing. And um, you can clamp down most of this fucking offense. Cause there's no running game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of pathetic. Like, there's no like, there's absolutely no help for Herbert. What help are the Chargers? What are they doing to help this fucking guy? Nothing. Like, literally nothing. What? That's there is. there's no offensive line help. There's no like, is fucking no one like none of his receivers can get open. His fucking play caller is just fucking incompetent. Um. 
fuck what else like <laughs> dude i i'm happy well i guess yeah no there's there's really no help being given to him right now and I, there's no running game like you can't no, ask like i mean he doesn't have a doesn't have a derrick henry or a joe mixon to just hand it off to you and hey bud go get eight yards um dude there's people coming after austin eckler's throat though right now just for a fumble and i'm like dude like chill yeah, that's bad fumble i understand it, yeah no not a great fumble but I literally saw tweets today that was like, I hope number 30 is not in uniform next year and shit like that. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Bro, yeah. Chill there's the some, fuck there's out. some crazy fans out there. Like, um, jo- I Josh Jacobs had a fumble today. Uniform yeah. He, so, like, he, fumbles happen. Um, it's not like it Austin sucks, Eckler's a fumble machine. It's not like he's Melvin Gordon, you know? Like, hey, look, he, he has two fumbles. If you want to sacrifice all 32 of his touchdowns over the last two seasons for a couple of fumbles, then you're a fucking idiot. I don't know what yeah, to tell you. No. No, a hundred percent. But hey, you you asked me a question. Um, I was just about to get before into we. I was we just about recording. to get into that. So yes, yeah. Colin and I were kind of just ranting back and forth a little bit, and you know, we both were talking about Staley's future and yada yada. And then I think really just we kind of got into this program might need more than just a coaching change. You know, there could be some higher ups that really need to get out of here. And obviously Telesco is the first name that comes to mind. And I don't know, like, you think it's time? You think it's time for Tommy to, you know, hit the road? Um, Yeah, dude, I really do think, you know, Telesco is probably on the hot seat. Um, Look, we're just zoom out a little bit and I kind of look at his tenure. You know, he's been here for, this will be his ninth season, so damn near a decade. Um, two of those teams have made the playoffs. Two. 2013, the first season he took over, and 2018, which 2018 ended up being one of the better seasons in organizations organizations history. So um, that was a bright spot, but uh, followed it up with no playoff appearances in 2019 or 2020 or 2021 and now it's looking like that could very well be the case so um yeah dude when you think about where the state of this organization was in 2018 now mind you that was even when you know anthony lynn was the coach um but just the depth that we had the way the roster was built and constructed um it was built to win a a super bowl and offense defense um you know, even special teams was rolling that year, um, which that hasn't been the case for Chargers really in the last decade plus. But, um, yeah, and then just to see where it's gone in four years after that, like the pieces that they've given up that we've gone to see uh, contribute elsewhere. I know there's a handful of guys we could talk about there, but, um, yeah, yeah, man, I – I do think it's time to clean house. It hasn't been done in, in close to a decade. I think it's time. Um, and I think the one, you know, like what GMs get get judged on the, the most uh, is is drafts and, and just roster construction. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot more that goes into it than that, but uh, – it's just it's it's not working, man. Yeah, it's, it's not working. I'm, I'm I, I mean, we're on the verge of going through another coaching change, and that's another thing that they get they get judged on is is the hiring. Like, who are you bringing in? You know, 
Um, this will be his, let's see, third coach that he's, that he's chosen. And none of them have done shit. So it's like, all right, you're 0 for 3. You're kind of like three strikes and you're out. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm happy that you I'm happy that you touched on the the one defense that people always have for Tom Telesco is his ability to draft. And you think like like you and I were talking before, you know, you got guys like you mentioned that the Justin Herbert draft probably saved his career, really. Um, Tom Telesco. Uh, yeah, I think it bought him it bought him you know another four years, which I mean this is year three, so. We'll see if he makes it and to then, year four, but yeah, and then and but then you wanted to touch on like you know people will say Derwin James was drafted and well Derwin fell to seventeen like we were just talking and you would really have to be a degenerate to not take a talent like Derwin James <laughs> at seventeen regardless of what positions you need in yeah. the draft like that's just best yeah, player that, available by a wide margin and then that's one of those those yeah those picks that yeah no, you're one hundred percent right like he didn't I mean that just fell into his lap. Um, you know, anyone would have, would have taken him. I, 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 we say that, but 16 other teams didn't. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just talent wise, like that was no brainer. Um, but yeah, what, what else were you going to say? Yeah. And then just basically all the ones, you know, Joey Bosa, I mean, at three, it would be hard to really go wrong at three, you know, there's, that was also another draft that would have been super hard to fuck up because I think we were going to go either Joey, Joey Bosa or Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, and to pick three and, and that draft had so much talent, like again, another draft that was really hard to, to mess up. And then Slater are really the ones that come to mind. And I mean, you can I, make your defense for Slater, he, but he's kind of, he's kind of another Derwin situation. Um, both, of the, both of those drafts had similar vibes in that first round of just having this crazy immense talent fall to your, like fall into your lap um, and get passed on that by other teams. So yeah, I kind of put that in the same category. Like I, I think yeah. a couple of picks where he did land, you know, obviously the big one is Keenan Allen. Out of the I was about to round. say, so, you know, that one always gets talked about. I think another big one is uh, Asante Samuel jr. In the second, but even then that one, I mean, it's a lot harder to say best talent available in the second round because everyone has different draft boards and it gets a lot, you know, hairier at that point. But um, that was one that kind of jumped out on paper. I mean, fans were screaming to draft him like before we had taken him. So um, yeah, that was that was kind of a more obvious one too, even though it was in the second round. But but um, that that know, is kind of another that's kind of another sure. thing that I wanted to touch on is a lot of people give him credit for you know his ability to draft in the first round but really outside of those few names that you mentioned Keenan Allen Asante Samuel who really was a player like after the second round that's we've really that's really come in here and we've developed him well like why are we using our picks on JT Woods and yeah Salyer might end up being a really good one I guess uh Desmond well, King like get, that, Desmond King was a good hit yeah, and that's the thing is like he he had some decent guys that he he'd brought into the the organization, but he let them all walk. Like, think about the the depth that we used to have. Like letting guys like Adrian Phillips walk, yes, letting guys like Rashawn Rashawn Jenkins walk, um, Kaiser White. Kaiser like, White's a huge one. 
dude, like you have like that. That's what I'm saying. Like it's almost malpractice to look at the state of the roster, and like that's even with all of again. I think. Um, look, I I think we thought this last off season, and not even we thought we kind of knew like these splashy signings were so kind of uncharacteristic of Tom Telesco, just based off his entire tenure with the chargers. Um, it kind of excited us and we were thinking, Hey, we fucking love Tom. Like we saw all the, the gangster Tom picks on, on Twitter. It was like, they were like everyone's profile picks. This Twitter was gangster Tom. Um, and now it's like, well, you had to know, you had to have known at the time, like, that's great. But that is even more of like, he, he's pushing even more of his chips all in. And when you do that, it means if you bust and you don't fucking make the playoffs, you're probably you're probably gone. Like if you, you bust, you, all your you bust in. hard. So yeah, and you lose everything. And so Bonk. I think that's I mean as splashy and as exciting as those signings were. I think he and look, I don't think he he thought that they would be in the situation that they're in, um, but they are. And it's like, well, you thought you had a fucking full house, but you fucking don't. Yeah. I know, man. That's you could go down so many different rabbit holes um about but, like what I mean, Tom what, what we were also talking about too. Sorry to interrupt you there, but like what we were also talking about before we recorded was like we were talking about just Telesco, but like also do we think um like do we really think he'll get fired this year? Like if you had to put a probability on it, like where do you think like do you think he gets another year. I mean, I know fans are ready ready to dump him now. Like, I think it really depends. Were... It depends how this year really ends out. If if we get into a situation where you know, let's say we lose these next two games, we have nothing to play for. Then I think that gives you a lot more time to really scratch your head and think about all right, something really needs to change because this was supposed to be the year for us. You know, this was supposed to be a year where we just kind of got it all figured out. We were top ten offensively, top ten defensively, and you know, you can you can blame you can blame injuries all you want. And I feel like that could be one of those things that, you know, the Spanoses look down on and they're like, you know, Telesco dealt with so many injuries this year. Like, let's give him another chance well, with a healthy yeah, playing and field. And then what's crazy to think about too is I'm glad you brought that up because and this is gonna be really this is really tough to say. And it's not and don't get me wrong, I would never like I'm not I'm not saying this that it's even like close to this, but tanking. Um yes. Like tanking is bad. I, I would hope that we'd never do that. But I, I do think it's better for this team. I, I think it's better for this organization over the next five years. And I think we've talked about this a little bit in prior episodes, to not make the like at this stage, as banged up as they are, and it's gonna suck to miss the playoffs once a fucking again with Justin Herbert on his rookie contract, like all that sucks, but it's going to be better because what, what would almost be worse for this team is to somehow miraculously get in, lose in the first round. So congrats. He made the tournament. Um, we still have these really bittersweet feelings about the season and, and frustrations, um, but it buys the current staff another season and it buys Tom Telesco another season. Um, and it derails Herbert for another year, you know, um, because it would be harder to fire Staley and, and, and company in Telesco if they do squeak into the playoffs. Like that is, 
that's what we're talking about. Like all, you know, putting all your, all your chips in to make the playoffs. Like even if they squeak in and get a first round exit, I think the Spanos could convince themselves that, Hey, come on, like injuries. We still did it. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get, let's, let's, let's run this back. Like, fuck that. I think that is like my nightmare at this, at this stage. If you're not going to get in and make a serious run, just fucking miss the playoffs get the staff out of here, get Telesco out of here, clean house, and really try to maximize the most of, of Herbert's rookie career, which is just one more year after this year. It's next season. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... Well, I mean, the, the fifth-year option, too. Yeah, so. but that's a really good point. Um, I just... You know, I could see... I could definitely see them just thinking... Why not run it back or, but like we mentioned earlier, I feel like that there's just like a lack of awareness of what's wrong within this organization. And who knows, maybe if that, if that spans all the way to the Spanoses. Look, I would feel different about, we all know how we feel about Lombardi. Okay. I would feel different about, or I'd feel at least a little higher on Staley. If our defense actually looked like a competent shutdown defense and it's shown flashes at times um, it's made big plays, but consistently like we've talked about this rush defense it is historically bad. They're on pace to be the worst rush defense in the Super Bowl era, which is bonkers to think about. Um, so like the, the amount of yards this defense has given up week to week um, and just busted plays like they just there's been so many like big home run plays I feel like that they've given up this year that's just like I don't know if it's lack of coaching or lack of like like prep preparedness but it just feels like like even in today's game with those two bombs the fucking flea flicker especially it's like they literally did that last week you're telling me oh you I don't even want to talk about it but I I would feel differently about Staley if, if his defense was like Robert Sala's defense. Like, again, the perfect fucking comp. Defensive guy that got hired in the same coaching cycle. Look at the difference of these two defenses. Yeah. That's a really good point, too, because I know we've mentioned we've mentioned it so many times this season, but that's kind of why. Why did we not hire an offensive-minded head coach to develop Justin Herbert? But yet we go out of our way, hire a defensive coach, and now look where it's got us. Look at our defense now. And we There's don't even get the no right one. And we there, don't even get the right one. There was a good one in that class, but we didn't get the right one. Dude, I'm just, yeah, you know, fuck, fuck Staley. Staley experiment needs to end. Fuck Telesco. I think it's, we got a clean house, dude. And look, that's where it's like, God, it just puts you in a weird place as a fan because you not you don't want to root for them like we're going to root for them every game for the rest of the season and hope to god they make the playoffs like that's just the fan in us like we always want to see that um and especially if we can get some guys back and make like all that exciting stuff that can happen down the stretch um but you just you would like at this point i think fans are so fed up with the staff you would hate to do like you would hate to just fucking basically get a consolation like seventh seed and, and go get fucking stomped by Miami in Miami or Buffalo in Buffalo, probably in Buffalo, which would 
we would get fucking spanked. Oh my God, let's um, go. But I mean, just for all that to like extend Staley for another year, I, it would be very bittersweet. And I, I still think like, I still think the fan of me would be like, fuck it. I, I'd rather go that route. Like I'd rather make the playoffs and yeah, sit through another year of Staley. But I do think, I mean, it, it also depends on, I don't know. Are there any big, big names? Like, are there any sexy potential head coaching names this year? Like last year, I feel like McDaniel's name was being tossed around like all season. Um, well, I'm sure BN, BN and me will probably get thrown around again. Yeah. I mean, he's been thrown around for the last couple of years. Like, uh, was Dable hired last year? Yeah. Dable's with the bills or giants now. Yeah. So like him and him and McDaniel's, I think we're like the talked about coaches pretty much all year. I don't, I don't know if there's a, well, Sean Payton, duh. Oh yeah. Sean Payton. Would Sean Payton be a no brainer to you or is do you think that there'd be See, other places that that's a great question i don't even know man i because part of me is like well isn't this the new orleans offense that we're fucking running yeah that is true like what is he gonna do differently and like he had drew Brees for all those years he only ever had drew Brees. like how do i trust him to call plays for herbert like i don't know they they call him a really like offense-minded guru but yeah, no that 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 is true, dude. The first person on this list of potential head coach candidates, Shane Steichen, our old buddy. Oh yeah, so I did the Eagles. De- the Eagles defense coordinator, what's his name? Like, uh, he's buddies with Staley. Uh, I know who you're talking about. He, he's gotten some consideration in the past. His name could be. He'll probably get a couple interviews. Yeah. The. Uh, um. Defensive coordinator of oh D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers DC is another big name, but again yeah. I think I I honestly just think I guess we should probably close this off here pretty quick, but yeah I just hope I hope that this team doesn't have it in them to just you know let's say that we lose next week I hope that they don't have it in them that once kind of all hope is pretty much gone that they just roll over and quit trying that that would be the last thing especially as a fan that you well, want to see I think that would be. Yeah, I think that would be the nail in the coffin for Staley too. Like, you're right. If they lose next week, and then just like let's say they they let's say they lose next two games, and then they go and ends up being like a three game stretch, and then they win and they they lose out. Like, let's say they finish eight and or eight and nine or seven and ten. Like that that's what you would not want to see, um, because I think at that point that means you've kind of lost the team. From Staley's standpoint, um, you know, guy, like, it's a real thing, man. Like, uh, sports, um, whatever you want to call it, like, uh, like mental sports psychology. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, guys give up on on coaches. You know, uh, you start to question, like, hey, is this coach? Does he know what he's doing? Is he really gonna get the most out of us? Are we really gonna? You know, is he? You know, so you can lose the locker room um, and just it's kind of sad, but uh, yeah, if they, if they just decide to, to fold over, then that could be the kind of final nail in the coffin for Staley. So hope it doesn't happen. Um, hope they can figure it out. Uh, we'll go through this all again. Tomorrow's a new week. It's not victory Monday, but it's a new week. And uh, yeah, man, just 
be happy to put this one behind us. Yeah, uh, it's time to start focusing on next Sunday night. Chargers, Dolphins. Um, yeah, it's, Victory Monday's not going to be very fun tomorrow, but it's all right. We'll get through this week, and then we'll try to give you guys hope. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, I don't have anything else, so should we get, get out of here? Let's do it, man. Go Bolts. Go Bolts. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour podcast, episode number 54, recapping the loss to the Raiders in Vegas. Chargers face the Dolphins this next Sunday on Sunday Night Football against the Dolphins. They face the Dolphins against Durr. the Dolphins. Durr. Um, so tune in for that and make sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest news and updates about the pod. Bolt up.